You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel San Angelo and Trey Harris. ages, the sorceress of Grayskull has kept this universe in harmony. But the armies of darkness do not rest, and the capture of Grayskull is ever most in their minds. For to those that control Grayskull will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be almighty. The power to be masters of the universe. And with that, I bid you welcome to the universe of 80s Revisited as we talk about one of my most anticipated movies as a child, the live-action version of the greatest cartoon ever made, Masters of the Universe. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. I'm the other, Daniel San Angelo. And with us as always, our loyal, kind, handsome producer, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. Wow. Kudos to Jesse, too, for a great highlight episode last week. Hmm. 40 episodes, well, 39 episodes previous, he listened to every single one multiple times to find those little 40, gems. wasn't it? This is the 40th, according oh. to my number, unless I'm miscounted. You miscounted. <laughs> Maybe. We are recording episode 42 right now. Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder where I got off. Well, the Holly episode we won. <laughs> where you got off. <laughs> Maybe I'm Courtney, Courtney's Cox's <laughs> chest. <laughs> Courtney's Cox. <laughs> anyway, All right. whatever episode this is, it is 42 or so it's 42? Yeah. I, I just need to make notes of that so that when we do our 50th episode, it is in fact the 50th, 50th episode. <laughs> 52. Yep. I hate to come like, welcome to our 50th episode spectacular. Uh, Trey, it's 52. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, anyway. Pretty far off. As we mentioned, Masters of the Universe, released August 7th, 1987. I saw this in the theater on opening day. As a kid, it was like your dreams coming to life and then being woken because it turned out that dream was a nightmare when you were 33 and you watched it again. (laughs) Daniel's making such beautiful faces at me. IMDb 5.1, Rotten Tomatoes, 18% Rotten, 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 rotten. Budget of seventeen million. It increased to twenty-two million, so it ended up going five million over budget. Opening weekend four point eight. Domestic gross seventeen point three. And again, for some of these, I guess more of these uh, less popular movies, so to speak, I can't find any info on the interwebs about a worldwide gross. So this movie was a failure, domestically and most likely worldwide. So, any thoughts? On that, about it, you think it deserved to fail? Like our Willow opinions, pretty much the same. Yeah, or Army of Darkness and stuff. It's the same opinion on this too. Like, um, I was a big He-Man fan. Mm-hmm. I actually got in trouble. <laughs> oh, do I tell. I told you about that. Yeah. Um, when I was, I guess around five or six, I called a one nine hundred He-Man hotline. Oh. That sounds sexy. Cost my dad ninety dollars. <laughs> oh my god! This is Skeletor. What are you wearing? I got to. I got to talk to Shira. 
No. Oh, fucking A. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. this number? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, needless to say, I was a fan as a kid. And Where'd you find that number? It. They probably had it at the... Like on the cartoon at the yeah. end. Do you uh, want to talk to He-Man? Hey, do you want to talk to He-Man? <laughs> what, what I've the? just beaten Skeletor. If you want to <laughs> call me and talk about it. <laughs> I actually called it. I was... I don't know what Was it that an audio did. recording? I don't remember. I, uh, I don't remember the phone call at talk, all. It would be even funnier if you could talk back to them. Mm-hmm. My dad used some... Because I, I think I lied. I was like, no, I didn't call it. And then he used a little, little kid trick like... Like Shira said that you were. Oh my! <laughs> Your dad's a bastard to play with you like that. I can't oh. believe you fell for it. What you say? <laughs> I'm five years old. God dang! Still, Jesse always wanted to down a man. Yeah. <laughs> always downs Daniel. Anyway, anyway, uh, I got in trouble. I can't remember. I might have said mm-hmm. on the podcast before. Similar situation, but it was a Freddy Krueger. Like, call me, and I get all tell you a nightmare. <laughs> I didn't fall and, for these and, things. And I knew, I knew it cost money, but I was like. As a child, I was like, I don't know how they're gonna charge us this because I'm not yeah. paying. I'm not telling them anything. Oh, I just so called I like, the number. I don't know how much money I spent, but <laughs> it was all pre-recorded. It's like if you want to hear the nightmare about the boy and his parents, press one. If you want to hear the nightmare about something else, press two. And he, you know, I call. I listen to everyone like five times. To have a, <laughs> so, oh my god! But you know, they're all like two minutes. You know, they're designed to make you. You know, find the end of the store. You're gonna be paying. They, they used to have the uh, 900 wrestling hotlines as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like for insider information. Yeah. Think how hard it is to pull a dollar out of somebody these days. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. back, back then, then it's like two ninety nine a minute. Dude, uh, audio recording. Before there was game facts and strategy guides and yeah. everything, my dad would call hotlines. If yeah, got stuck the on NES a video hotline. Game. I did too. Yeah. Like for mm-hmm. games where I couldn't, if I couldn't figure something. That was out. A, that was money. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean now you know, I mean you can find anything out you want yeah. on your cell it's phone. It's just so funny. But back then, all we had was Nintendo Power and telephone, yeah. and then that Game Pro TV show with JD Roth. <laughs> Like there are people that hesitate to buy a 99 cent app that some guy worked two years of his life on. <laughs> well, there, so just please buy. There you it. go. I have I've never bought an app for this my iPod Touch. Ah, oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> what you think that redeems you somehow? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jesse's pissing me off today for some reason. I haven't done anything, and he's being an asshole. You ever used the gift? Like, you ever got an iTunes gift card and bought anything? No. I mean, I mean you, you've never. I've never you've paid never anything. No. Anything, even with not money that's not yours. Mm. Like you've never played a paid app. No. Now, I looked stuff. on the IGN has a yeah app, like app thing of the day, and yeah. they'll have free apps that normally cost money, but they're free. Like so, I got some yeah. good games, Kingdom Rush, and things like that, which are normally on you know ninety nine cents or three dollars or something. Hmm. Gotcha, cheapskate. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> back to Masters of the Universe. I'm the only one working. Got a kid and a wife. <laughs> we understand. Only one working. Yeah, Trey and I don't have jobs in this family. In I know what you mean. Oh, okay. Trey, yes. <laughs> God, what you met in this room? <laughs> Here's the record by Gary Goddard, who pretty much didn't do much after that. However, he did write episodes of the Captain Power TV show. I don't know if either of you guys remember that, but uh, he kind of had the. Uh, not laser. He had like a weird helmet on. He's very shiny and gold. And they had the toys that you'd watch the video and you put the batteries in the ships and they had the cockpits and you would like shoot at the screen. And if you got hit by the TV, uh, your co- the cockpit would like like would eject your pilot and like you're you're shot down kind of thing. Hmm. What was it called again? Captain Power. Captain Power. And there's like I think it had a subtitle too. Not there. You go. Uh, yeah, Captain Captain Powers and the Soldier of the Future. Yeah, that's it. 
Uh, he wrote episodes of that. He also wrote episodes of Skeleton Warriors, which I think was more in the 90s. And uh, he also wrote, surprisingly, the script for T2 3D, which, as I believe I've talked about on this podcast before, is the best ride that's no longer at Universal Studios, aside from the Jaws ride. Uh, it was written by David O'Dell. Uh, he actually wrote some other movies that I personally like, even though one of them's bad. One that's not bad, however, is The Dark Crystal, the classic Jim Henson puppet movie. And then the one that's bad, but I like, is Supergirl. Hmm. I watched that once. Oh, you have? Oh. Well, I guess we can't do it on the podcast, then. <laughs> Until, like, Faye Dunaway dies or something. Then we can do a tribute episode to Faye Dunaway as the villain. Or Peter O'Toole. He was in that, too, so I guess if he dies, throw it in there. I think you got a better, yeah, better shot at that. Yeah. I think for, uh, yeah, he's, old. he's, he's very he retired old. for acting like not too long ago, I think. Yeah. There was some... That's what happens. After people retire, they're, they're <laughs> yeah, done. I mean, he must know something we don't. Yeah. But starring, at, in 1987, there was no person better to play He-Man other than Dolph Lundgren. Of course, he was a Universal Soldier, Rocky IV, most recently The Expendables. Uh, well, actually, more recently than that, that terrible, or at least the half that I saw, that Universal Soldier, Day of Reckoning, or whatever it's on Netflix watched the first half of it had to turn it off it was so bad hmm. uh, and also starring the great Frank Langella uh, Skeletor also uh, he was in the one of the adaptations of uh, uh, the remake I should say of Kubrick's Lolita which is of course based on a book uh, most recently he was in Superman Returns of course a few years ago and also a really great movie that I saw that came out last year called Robot and Frank where he's like a he's a retired jewel thief jewel thief and he gets it's in the future, and his son gets him a robot because he has Alzheimer's. So the robot like helps him and all that. But he develops a connection with the robot, and they start. He teaches his robot how to pick locks and shit. Yeah. So then he goes kind of. It's a very good, simple movie. I've seen the trailer. It's worth seeing. Like I recommend it. Like it's 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 sweet. Like yeah. not to sound gay about it, but <laughs> it's a sweet movie. Uh, but then also uh, Meg Foster, who at one time as in this movie, was actually pretty attractive. Not so much anymore. Uh, she was Eva Lynn. Uh, she was also in the great 80s movie directed by Daniel's favorite director, John Carpenter, in They Live, which we'll be doing on the podcast not too long from now. And soon she will be. you will see her in Rob Zombie's latest disaster piece, The Lords of Salem, hmm. uh, which I think comes out pretty soon, but I actually was completed like over a year ago, and it's just now getting a theatrical release because it's on torrents already. Uh, uh. Billy Barty, a veteran of the podcast. Of course, he was on such films as Daniel's least favorite movie, Willow, as uh, <laughs> the High Aldwin. But uh, he was also in uh, UHF, which will be coming up in Music Month, and also Legend, the Tom Cruise Ridley Scott masterpiece with Tim Curry as well. Robert McNeil, Kev, uh, sorry, that's not his height. It's not Robert McNeil hyphen Kevin. It's just Robert McNeil. Uh, but he was Kevin. He was in Star Trek Voyager, and he's also a really big douche in this movie. Uh, and of course, Courtney Cox Courtney. is Julie Winston. You might remember her from such films as Scream 1, 2, 3, and 4. And that TV show. Friends. A whole bunch of episode people. Episode 1, 2, 3. <laughs> three. <four>. Season 1, <laughs> episode 1, 2, 3. That'll go. You get the picture. John Cypher was Man at Arms. He was also in that great 80s television show, Hill Street Blues. Chelsea Field was the lovely Tila. She was also in Commando in The Last Boy Scout. And another veteran of the podcast, one of my favorite act, 80s actors, James Tolkien as Lubick. Of course, he was in Back to the Future as the principal and not to be forgotten as the aircraft air, aircraft carrier commander in Top Gun, busting Maverick and Goose's chops all the time. And he wrote Lord of the Rings. Okay. <laughs> that was his cousin, <laughs> his Irish cousin. Yeah. 
<laughs> would be fun. <laughs> yeah, I wrote these great novels, and now I'm just acting in these these bit movies, bit <laughs> parts, you know, supporting roles in movies. Yeah, these books didn't do anything for me yep. until now. Yeah, until now. <laughs> but Daniel, I understand you have seen this movie. This wasn't a a virgin viewing for you. You have you're familiar with this film. Yeah, I watched it a pretty good bit when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. As did I, Jesse. Are you acquainted with? No, I'm not. Oh, this might be one you should watch and live tweet. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's one of those movies. Yeah, it's not It's not Howard the Duck caliber, but we'll find out. So, Daniel, when's the last time you saw this movie before we get into like what you thought about it? I mean, has it been pretty recent? This was like the first time in a Probably good long while? 20 years or so. Okay, perfect. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, you haven't seen this movie in 20 years. Watched it recently. What do you think of it now? It just doesn't hold up to me. Um, I agree. It's garbage. It's one of those you kind of find other stuff to kind of get on Facebook or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it just, it, it's kind of boring. And I really liked it as a kid. I enjoyed it. Uh, Wait a second. What's the matter? <laughs> Jesse just pulled up Masters of the Universe Legos. Is that real? I have no idea. I'm just clicking through. <laughs> okay, if there, if I swear to, I swear with God and you two as my <laughs> witness, if there is in fact Masters of the Universe Legos, we are leaving here after the podcast, going to Target, and I'm buying every set they have. <laughs> That has to be fake. That's that's way too good and badass to be true. Gotta, I'll investigate. You gotta look, go to Lego and see if you maybe can. As I'm, as I'm assuming that thing's old. No oh, custom. Meh. Meh. I got so excited. That looks so badass. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Anyway, bom, bom. They, they might have it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's all gonna be customized. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Still, that looks pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. On Reddit, still got link. But anyway. It's just kind of bland so, to me. So, um, as a kid, what was your impression of it? You know, or, go, or going into it, you know, like it was before you watched it again, like, oh yeah, I remember this movie. It was great. I loved it. Or was it more just like I don't remember this movie at all? I want to watch. You know, I, I didn't really remember the story very, mm-hmm. very much. Like I remember certain scenes, the little marching down the street, mm-hmm. the key, the sound that they every Ding. time the kid. That's uh, that's my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> every time they push the red button. Yeah. I, the cosmic key. You could like um, I don't even know if you were talking about this earlier. All the music sounds like other things. Yeah, <laughs> we were talking about how the credit sequence is very similar to Superman the movie, with words in space, just not instead of zooming <laughs> at you, they're just fading out to kind of differentiate it. But the music does sound. I like the music in the movie. It's mm-hmm. it's not iconic in a way like Superman or you know Star Wars Jaws etc like we talk about usually but I think it fits the music fits the movie but it does sound almost like an imitate or like something you've heard elsewhere like you know it, there's not like a huge Masters of the Universe mm. live action theme there is for the cartoon of course but not not in this regard yeah <laughs> Jesse just showing us amazing pictures that looks like Dustin Diamond it is <laughs> with a bunch it's like a glamour shot of Dustin Diamond as a kid with all of his He-Man figures and yeah. a t-shirt. It's really bad for a podcast for me to be showing pictures. <laughs> we'll post that one on the Facebook page so y'all can see that one. There you go. Because it's awesome. <laughs> see, there's Orko, Ram Man. I don't remember the horse's name. If it had a name, I'm sure it was like War Horse or some shit. And, of course, Prince Adam. I had all that shit. I wish I still did. <laughs> Screech at it, too. Screech Son of a too. bitch. <laughs> anyway, I, I completely agree, Daniel. Uh, I don't find it... My, this movie is a victim of exactly what we kind of talked about on we talked about it before on, most recently on the Beastmaster how the sequel to the Beastmaster takes place on Earth like modern times yeah. 
the same thing with this movie. And but there, there is a as an adult, as a kid, I didn't care because it's like it's team. I don't, it don't matter. It's team man fighting Skeletor. The spectacle of it is outweighs how bad of a movie it is. Sold exactly. <laughs> and uh, but you know, every time I've watched it older, I'm like, it really sucks that they come to Earth. They come to Earth because. You know, if they fought in Eternity, they could have some of the vehicles and more of the creatures and other characters, blah, blah, blah. But that was simply because, as we said with the budget, it started at 17, ballooned to 22. So to keep the cost down, they had to basically use real-life sets, i.e. modern-time stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny because in, in the beginning, when they're out there, in, you know, they're obviously in the, rock, you know, in the mountains of California for Eternia. And then, you know, they go into the hut and they come here and they're back. You know, K, not well, KFC, but the chicken joint <laughs> and all that uh, in Los Angeles, basically. But I mean, it was done for the budget, which I, on one hand I understand, but it that's the downfall of the movie to me, especially nowadays, because uh, of course there's all this talk about them doing another, ma- a new Masters, a reboot, which is perfectly fine. They need to reboot this, uh, start over from scratch. Uh, just don't have them come to Earth because that doesn't make any logical sense for He Man to come to Earth. But uh, I think, this, to, to me, and also the, the thing nowadays about this movie is that for everything that I, I love about it, there's something that's bad about like, that takes away from it. Like, it's sort of like uh, the Green Lantern, the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie. Terrible movie. However, every, part, every scene and every part of it that he's not on Earth, that he's on Oa, fighting with Kilowog and being trained by Sinestro, that's great. That's like, that's what I, I love about that. The only, the only thing I love about the movie are those scenes. He comes to Earth and it's all fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Terrible movie. Similar thing with this. When they're in Eternia, it's great. When they're in Skeletor's throne room at the end, it's great. Because uh, they're in Eternia, they're not on, you know, 4th and Main, you know, <laughs> having a shootout with cops in a, in a record store. You know, when, wow. is that, when does that happen in He-Man? It's just ridiculous. Uh, amazing little flying... Uh, <laughs> little disc he flies around on. Just the graphics, the special effects were funny on that. Well, I think... In a, one thing, uh, speaking of the effects, most of them are terrible. However, I think the the makeups on all the characters, with the exception of that that weird French musketeer hook hand dude, he's got like a little frilly French collar, and mm-hmm. you know he's the one that with the big white hair. He's just so stupid looking. <laughs> he is terrible. Uh, but uh, I think the the blade dude, the one that kind of looked like looks a, awesome. Yeah. Uh, Beast Man, he looks. I mean, that's how I could imagine Beast Man looking in real life as opposed to from the cartoon instead of being bright red he's more like you know sasquatchy so to speak uh and then I don't, the lizard dude i forget what they called him in the movie but his makeup was like he looked awesome and then skeletor kills him instead of the stupid you know he should have killed the other guy and let the lizard guy stay around because he looked awesome he there was a great makeup job uh i thought skeletor's makeup was really good for the time yeah definitely like uh the only my only thing about that that take that makes me not like it is how you can kind of see his his nose is meant to be hollow, but you can see how it's just you know his nose painted white, but then where the the slit is for his nasal cavity, you can just see it's painted black. Yeah, like they could have kind of went out with it more and then made it a little more hollow. It might have made a better illusion. Uh, but I think I think Lundgren, despite the fact that he didn't know much English for at this time in his career, I think he was a great He Man. Langella was I think a great Skeletor. Uh, John Cipher was a great man at arms, like, and his costume kind of resembled the the, car- the cartoon. It wasn't orange and green, but it you know it was a little more practical, made sense. And uh, Meg Foster was a great evil Lynn. like she she looked the part and all that kind of stuff. But I think just just the fact that the middle of the movie, 
from the, after ten minutes of the movie, they're on Earth till the last ten minutes of the movie. So, and that that's where it suffers because yeah, it's definitely. it's it the magic is gone, so to speak, because you're transplanting He Man to Earth, and it just it really just doesn't work. Uh, now, like we were saying too, as a kid, I didn't give a shit. It was awesome. It didn't matter to me at one one bit. But w- having watched it many times since then, every time I watch it, I, it becomes more a little less favorable. Yeah. Although I kid you not, the moment in the end where he's where Skeletor's like become the the gold Aztec god, whatever, and he's like electrocuting He Man, where he's reaching for his sword. The second he grabs that sword and pulls it out of that lock thing and says, "I have the power," I still get chills because that's that's fucking awesome being a He Man fan. Uh, but yeah, definitely, yeah, it, this is not one that stands the test of of time. And hopefully, a reboot will be something that is coming down the pipe for it because. The franchise needs that right now because, I mean, the, love them or hate them, the Transformers movies have been a huge success. Uh, G.I. Joe, I mean, they just had the sequel for it, even though the first one, I didn't think after watching the first one they'd ever make a sequel, which they did, with bigger stars, with I mean, Bruce Willis and The Rock joining the cast. I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what's next? They, they've done Transformers and G.I. Joe. There's only one thing left, basically, <laughs> other than Rainbow Bright, Masters of the Universe. Captain Planet. That'll come later because I was like, you know... Early nineties. I wonder how that. <laughs> we'll see. We'll have a discussion on that then. I mean, just a big backstory to all the the five guys. They'll probably change it like drastically to make it to simplify it. Like, yeah. they might Green Lantern in it to where like the rings just seek out people and then they're all brought together and oh, we what we can do or something. I don't know. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's a multi diverse field trip, and the kids <laughs> find this. You know. Artifact where the rings are hidden, like and, chronicles, and, 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 uh, yeah, <laughs> and then uh, you know, Doctor Blight or somebody attacks the museum to steal something and it shatters the thing, and the rings are out, and they all that's Ooh, gotta what's happen. This? That's gotta happen. As long gotta as Don Chadell plays Captain Planet, it'd be awesome. <laughs> but uh, there's some interesting <laughs> Cheadle, Chadell, whatever. Yeah, Cheadle. Tomato, Tomato, <laughs> Terrence Howard, Don Chadell, Chadell, whatever the fuck his last name is. Terrence Howard. <laughs> Terrence Howard. Terrence. But uh, there's some interesting stuff behind the scenes of this movie. As we kind of alluded to with the budget and everything, while they had to do certain things. But uh, this is actually a change. As a kid, I hated, but as an adult, I see why they had to do it. The character of Gwildor was created to replace Orko. So you didn't have a little floating bedsheet, basically, with big eyes, a scarf, and a hat going around going, Jeez, he man, what do we do? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> So, for the sake of the story, that makes sense. However, they still could have just called him Orko. And then it's not like, you know, in a sense he's there, but you understand why they change him, blah, blah, blah. Not that I would have helped the movie. Uh, Dolph Lundgren did all of his own stunts. So, for he the, seemed like he was bored making this movie. <laughs> I think it's, well, mm-hmm. he didn't really know English. Uh, like, this was his. No, just some like, of his movements, though. He like, looks so slow. Well, he's just, I mean, he's. I know, he's 6'5, but, I mean. The big guy. But look at him. I mean, that's that's how I. I mean, even the action figure looks like that, with the exception of the haircuts, a little different. But I mean, he was so perfect to play He Man. Who would play him today? I know a lot of people we know is like, oh, Chris Hemsworth. I'm like, no, I don't need Thor walking around <laughs> Eternia because he's a great Thor. Don't get me wrong, but in everything else that he's ever in, he's still Thor with a different haircut. Ah, yeah. Cabin in the Woods. No, I'm gonna do this. Oh no, they're breaking in. Don't worry, I got a hammer. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. That's a good question. That's something I have to really think about to see. But I mean, of course, that's usually 
<laughs> because of Thor, that's the number one choice for a lot of people. If it was a WWE movie, I guess it'd be Dolph <laughs> Triple Lundgren. H or... Oh, Ziggler? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Dolph Lundgren, Dolph Ziggler, yeah. If Triple H wasn't so damn old, he'd be perfect. Like when back in, uh, I guess, early 2000, Triple H, when he was... Or when was he the, the gang... Or not the guy, uh, the King of Kings or whatever. Oh, right. They had that, mm-hmm. like, that was like his intro music or whatever. Kind of that eight week... I guess I think he came, just came back from an injury or something. Also comes down to acting, too. That's true. <laughs> Hey, he was great in that uh, field trip movie. Uh, the Chaperone? <laughs> I kid, I kid. <laughs> He's one of the reasons that Blade 3 sucks. Uh, huh. And here, and like we mentioned about the budget, the original idea was to have the film set on a tourney for the whole movie and be faithful to the cartoon. But, as we mentioned, the first draft of the, of the script was written to have it set on Earth to reduce the budget and the sets and all the other different you know, strange creatures they need to create to fill that universe. So it makes sense. However, you know, you could have, I'm sure you probably could have cut some crap out. I mean, if you destroy all the instruments in a record store, I think you probably could build a set of something foreign from Eternity or something. I don't know. Hmm. Or matte paint it. Of course, if this was modern day, George Lucas would just green screen everything and it'd look hmm. funky, but oh well. And uh, I don't know. I always wondered this. As, I always thought this was odd, as a, even as a, when I was young, how, like, when they had that final sword fight, how it kind of goes to just, it's dark and there's just light spinning around and everything. Well, that's because before they filmed that scene, they literally ran out of money after being over budget. So basically, they had to, uh, Gary Goddard, him, and got, got the camera, went to a dark set with the light, with some lights and everything to add something to the background. And got Dolph Lundgren, and in fact, for that final fight scene, it's not Skeletor, it's not Frank Langella playing Skeletor, it's the dude that played Blade doing Skeletor's final fight scene Uh because they had no money and they had to finish, they had to throw together a fight scene to round out the movie. So that's why that fight scene seems really kind of, how they're in this throne room and everybody's around and all of a sudden it's like dark and they're sword fighting and, you know, with the nightlight on. Hmm. So that was pretty weird. And this... I remember when they ran this contest, but there was a contest for people, who, you know, when you buy the toys that, oh, you know, buy a toy and send off your UPC code to, and you can win a chance to be in the movie. Well, again, they had budgetary problems, so the the kid who won the contest is right there, I think it was in the near the end of the movie when Skeletor's walking back with He-Man's sword, and this it's called Pig Boy, but he hands him his staff, and Skeletor takes his staff. The little creature that he takes the staff from is the winner. Does that have his name here? Uh, Richard Sponder. So if you're still alive, good job winning that contest, bro. Beat me. <laughs> Asshole. Did you actually... Yeah. Oh, you did. I was excited. Like, And of course, back then, too, you know, it was like with the Ninja Turtles, like with certain figures... Who else? What Ninja Turtles? Like, G.I. Joe always had mail-away figures. Like, uh, you mail away so many marked packages, and I think you got the red B.A.T. soldier, you know, the robots. They are always black, like had the black suit on, but you get the red one, like, mailing it away or... Something or other like that, but several toy companies back then would have that. You know, you send in all the UPCs, you get a variant of it. So hmm. that was always cool. Um, but uh, the thing is, too, uh, I thought this was interesting, and I could understand now being an adult and not being blinded with rose-colored glasses from loving being a kid watching this movie and loving the cartoon. But uh, many viewers, including myself, see the picture as, you know, comparing it to the cartoon – but it was more so meant to be an ad- adaptation of just the toy line, not the cartoon at all, which the toy line came first, then the cartoon came, but the reason it exploded was because of the cartoon and everything. 
So, you know, in a sense, comparing it to the cartoon is unfair because it's based on the toy line. Uh, but still, there was no Gwildor toy until after the movie. And there was no Lizard Man and the funky musketeer hook hand guy, like I mentioned before, until after that. Uh, but also, by basing it on the toy line more so than the cartoon, you had more options to leave stuff out. Because Battle Cringer and Battle Cat's in every episode of uh, the TV show. However, you know, when you're playing with the toys, you don't necessarily have to have all the toys represented so they could leave out stuff that would be too expensive to use, such as Battle Cat, for example. Uh, for the miniature sets shot on Earth, uh, some of the buildings that they use for the miniatures, like when the thing's going down the street and like the, you, it's, it's obviously a miniature moving because nobody's moving on the floating platform. Mm -hmm. There were mm -hmm. actually some leftover miniatures from Ghostbusters and Blade Runner. So mm -hmm. that some of those, when you look at those shots, if you're really good at looking at models, you probably could identify, oh, that's that building three doors down from the Ghostbusters in this shot, blah, blah, yeah. blah, if you're that good. Now, this is really interesting. Uh, I remember way back in the day in comic books, uh, it was after, this was before Titanic and all that shit, where James Cameron was attached to direct Spider-Man. And that was, you know, this is post-Aliens. It was like the greatest news ever. In fact, in certain Marvel comics, in uh, the bullpen, like the letter section in the middle of the comic, they'd have things like, you know, countdown to Spider-Man the movie, 700 and something days, pre-production's begun, they're working on the script, blah, blah, blah. That was the James Cameron version. Mm -hmm. Well, that was going to be done by Canon Films, who did this movie. Well, here's the full story. They had plans to make a Spider-Man movie, but opted instead to take the money and split it into two movies for two other films, one of which was Masters of the Universe. The other was Superman Four: The Quest for Peace, and the plan was to take the profits from both of those movies and make an even bigger budget Spider-Man movie. Well, they both failed. Superman Four is the worst Superman. This movie, as we mentioned earlier, did not perform at all, and that's why the canon-produced Spider-Man movie, directed by James Cameron, that's one huge reason why that never came to be, and Spider-Man kind of was in limbo. The Spider-Man movie was in limbo until Sam Raimi came along and did a great job on the first two. Yeah. Uh, and this is actually... What about the third one? A lot of people hate it. I actually like the third one. Ooh. I like the... Uh, honestly, it's the the moment, the end where like him, him and Harry reconcile. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a great moment. The whole Venom thing was so stupid. Like shoehorning Venom in there really quickly. But I don't hate three. Like a lot of people hate it. Like a lot of people hate... Uh, like X-Men 3. I don't hate it, but it's bad. Yeah. It's got some great stuff that goes on in it, but it's not good, especially following 2. Like I think I think X-Men and Spider-Man peaked with their sequels. Yeah. Their first sequel, X2 being X2 phenomenal and excellent, yeah. Spider-Man 2 being phenomenal as well and then third installment. Yeah. So Yeah, but uh let's see. I got a couple more tidbits here. Oh, do you? No, oh, actually, uh, Skeletor's throne room in Castle Grayskull, I mean, obviously they used it a lot, which they should have since they were running low on budget. But it was, you could, as you can see in the movie, it's pretty big. It was actually two full sound stages. They knocked down the wall between the two to make that set. Uh, but at the time, it was the largest set ever used in Hollywood. So, yeah. Mm. And then uh, I always wanted this too, but we mentioned Meg Foster earlier. She played Evil Lynn. She did a great job visually. But, uh, her eyes, that like really gray blue, that's her natural eye color. That's not contact lenses. And she kind of jokes whenever she's working on a movie that she kind of brings her own special effect with her, for free, with her, her eye shade, which is definitely striking. She just like, I mean, that's I think her most notable feature is just her eyes are weird, almost like she's a robot or something. Uh, this is funny too. Uh, the director Gary Goddard was initially planned to have all of Lundgren's lines dubbed by another actor because obviously, you know. <laughs> 
the way he pronounces some things, like, I'm not going to leave it to people to die. He has, like, you could see that accent breaking through sometimes, which, as a kid, I didn't give a shit about. He was He-Man. He looked like He-Man. I didn't care how he sounded. Uh, however, it was uh, it was in London's contract that he would at least have three opportunities to redub his lines beforehand, and if none of the three like takes you know or times he recorded work, then they could get somebody. But on the third one, uh, it worked enough for to where Goddard left it in. And I didn't know this at all until I read this. Uh, but Mattel wouldn't li- allow He-Man to kill anybody in the movie. Did you know that every soldier, ske- every one of Skeletor's soldiers is a robot? <laughs> the old foot soldiers e- exa- idea. Exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, they never say that in the movie. They never like allude to it or nothing. They get shot, they scream. When they're shooting them in the end, they <laughs> fall into the into the the pit. You know, I mean, the walkway. Like ah, there's Wilhelm robots. screams in the thing, but they're all robots. Created robots that feel pain. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and I'm reading this, I'm like, there's no way, because they're, <laughs> it's, I, I guess because they just had them all suited up, they'd say, yeah, they're robots. But even when I was a kid, I assumed they were, they were do, you know, just yeah. Skeletor's minions, but as a matter of fact, they are robots. What about in the cartoon? Were they people? Yeah. Well, I mean, He-Man never killed anybody in the cartoon. Right. It was always just, you know, I'll get you next time, He-Man. Well, they're tied up. You so know, I guess or, it was kind of opposite Turtles, because Turtles didn't kill anybody in the movie. Whereas in the TV show, they busted up those robots. Yeah. But they were like, Well, Casey Jones killed Shredder. Well, half dead. <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> in the cartoon, they... I mean, well, not the cartoon. The uh, Oops, comic book, they, they they kill Shredder in yeah. the comic book. Because it's not for children. Nope. Uh, but then, um, of course, I didn't know... I didn't ever... Until the movie came out... Or until I watched it on VHS after it came out of the theater. I never knew there was a scene at the end. And in case you're listening to this and know it, there is a scene at the end. Like after credits? Yeah. Oh. This was, as far as I, I can remember without looking at dates for movies or looking it up, this is one of the earliest ones to me that I can think of. Uh, but at the very end, all the credits roll, you know, blah, blah, blah. Skillet, uh, Frank Langello's head pops up out of the water. Apparently where he got thrown in that pit, it's all full of water. So he pops up and he goes, I'll be back. And then it freeze frames and ends. Which obviously, oh, there might there's a sequel. They're going to make a sequel, and they did have a script for Masters of the Universe sequel. However, because this one bombed, they used what they the outline of the Masters of the Universe two script, and that eventually became the Jean Claude Van Damme classic Cyborg. Mm-hmm. So I guess the robot Cyborg was one of the soldiers who could feel or rebelled against Skeletor. Maybe He-Man was going to protect this robot chick soldier, and then get crucified by the bad guy, and then I don't know, whatever. They never made a sequel. I do have a body count, but it's kind of invalid since they're all robots. <laughs> but had they actually been people, would you care to guess what the body count was? What is the robot count in this movie? Robot kill count. Robot slash body. <laughs> slash uh, people. I have no clue. <laughs> 15? Way. 16. Ah, there he is again. 43. Jesse wins. <laughs> <laughs> 43 robots lost their lives. Skeletor, I guess, doesn't count on that since he pops up at the end. <laughs> So, uh, any final thoughts about this movie before we get to our other segments? Anything in closing? No, not really. <laughs> eh. It just bored me. Again, it didn't bore me, but it's every the more I watch it as time as I get older, it gets less and less entertaining. It's weird though, because bummer. Some of them hold, sold up. Labyrinth holds up well yeah. to me. Willow does. I don't know what it was about this. I, I mean, there are certain parts mm-hmm. of this movie that are still like I mentioned. You know, my mm-hmm. favorite part are still great. Uh, 
you know. But and again, I, I think one bad, especially as being older, I can't I can't look at Willow and be like, oh, they should have done this because to me, it's there's nothing to change. Uh, where this, you I, you can see how it could have been better. I guess another thing with me is, besides a couple of exceptions, I don't like time travel. Yeah. I talked about that on our last one with mm-hmm. Army of Darkness. It's one of those where it, it works. Or interdimensional <laughs> travel, so yeah. to speak, in, in this regard. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I kill, I mean, like, that's one of my biggest pet peeves in movies. Like, oh, we're in the future. Let's go back to the past for this movie. Now, if you got a great story or you're pulling a Sound of Thunder, not the movie but the book – where you know you're going back from the future to prehistoric times. Okay, yeah, that means you're not cheaping out. There's a story to tell there, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But oh, you know, we're independent filmmakers. You know, oh, hey, let's do a movie in the future. So we tape aluminum foil up in one section of Jesse's house, and like, yes, we are in the future. Go in our time machine. Oh wow, we're in the present. That's fucking yeah. cheapen, and that's a disrespect to the audience. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, uh, I still like this movie in a sense, but it's not. You know, it, it's just it's steadily getting lower and lower. And if they reboot it and they reboot it right, this will be forgotten mm-hmm. for the most part. That's all that's done right. So this is the time where a reboot is necessary. Oh de- yeah, a reboot. Not everybody a- complains about them, but sometimes you need it. Yeah, I mean it's 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 granted because of the you know, and I'm the first one to talk about rebate re- the reboots and remakes. But this is a perfect example of you know they tried, it didn't re it didn't do anything so it's not it's not this isn't a willow obviously yeah. this isn't a labyrinth like this isn't an in a sense an evil dead or an escape from new york this needs to be given some tlc and brought back because master of the universe is arguably more popular now or uh is at its most is at its most popular now than it's been since it was out uh because with the recent re- released comic book line uh or comic story and uh they're, they've re-released the figures, but they made them ten times, almost like not McFarlane-esque, but like, and they're like forty bucks a pop. Otherwise, I'd have every one of them. But they're <laughs> ridiculously expensive because it's all for the collector market, right? And they're phenomenal looking, and the comic book series is great. In fact, the, if the movie followed the, the recent comic book storyline, which in a nutshell is basically Skeletorus and Controller Grayskull, and has the Sorceress prisoner, I believe, or whatever. But he, it was all through magic to where he he won by making everybody brainwashing everybody but mind control basically for he-man's out in the woods just like doesn't have any idea that he's he-man they left out the whole prince adam angle it's just it's he-man and he i think the sorceress sends a bird or like i mean it sounds cheese the way i said it right there but he eventually starts to remember and he's attacked is attacked by beast man and he goes on an adventure and he meets up with merman and trap jaw and teela and master man at arms and it's a great you know it's it's great because all the shit that you watched as a kid on cartoons really happened but this is what's going on now, mm. and that like growing up, you know, growing up with something and seeing that take on it is phenomenal. And the, ser- the comic series was absolutely fantastic. Uh, but in the real world, again, August seventh, nineteen eighty-seven, two days after this movie was released, the Hoddle or Hoodie, let me, how do I pronounce? How do you pronounce that? Hoddle Street Massacre. Uh, Julian Knight, uh, Julian Knight, a lad of nineteen, goes on a shooting rampage in Melbourne, Australia, in a suburb of Clifton Hill. Victoria and killed seven people, injuring 19 before surrendering to police. So shit like we've had recently yeah, still happened back then. Absolutely. In the good old days, so to speak. So that's something I don't even know about. But again, there's not there wasn't much domestically happening around that time, but sometimes it's good to have some foreign affairs brought into perspective. Sometimes. 
So score-wise, Daniel, what would you give this one? I'd probably give it about a five. I would agree. I actually wrote a seven on mine, but as we were, the more we were talking about it and <laughs> how, how, it how that I'm going to listen to this again in like a few years and be like, God, that was way too high. Yeah. So I'm going to have to give it a five as well. I'll, I'll, I will actually agree with your score because I can. I think a five is where this movie will stay for. Like I don't think. I don't think is that get, the lowest score you've ever given? Jaws, one of the Revenge, I think was three or four. Oh wow. Huh. Actually, what did I give Howard the Duck? That's what I'd give this movie. I don't. Whatever I give Howard the Duck, I should stick with your five. Yeah, yeah, just stick with five. That'll be fine because I'll stand by that score in ten years from now. And it's really mm. kind of giving it a five because I did like it a lot when I was little. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the again, the only reason that I still like this movie is honestly because of the beginning, where they're on Eternia and Skeletor's taking over Grey Skull, and in the end, where they're in Eternia and they're having that big shootout of all things in a He-Man movie. <laughs> And then, you know, the sword fight, and then he beats Skeletor as a god, basically, and reclaims Grayskull. You know, the whole little time travel aspect. Like, oh, my parents are not dead. Oh, yay. That's just a happy ending. And then, apparently, Eternia is in a snow globe at the very end. Naturally. Where she holds it, you know, like, look. And then T-Man's in there. It's like, don't shake it. You destroyed Eternia. And I'll tell you one thing about the movie that's badass, is that I wish Castle Grayskull looked like it did at the beginning of this movie, because that's a wicked-ass design for Grayskull. In fact, the uh, the Eternia playset, which is the one thing in the He-Man toy line I never had, was similar. It was tall, like almost like a really thin pyramid, but it had like a cat face on it. And like at the doorway, it had two claws. So like you'd push a button on it, and like the claws would go through to stop people figures from, right. you know, going into Eternia. It had, it had a fucking tram system that you could put your figures in, and it would go around it, like all through oh. it. It was amazing. It was the one thing I didn't have. I had the J.J. aircraft carrier, but I didn't have that. I would have traded that aircraft carrier in a second for the Eternia playset. So, Calling all collectors. <laughs> well, I also have the aircraft carrier. <laughs> okay. But I did have that, which I've told that story before. Dana, are you ready for your segment? You want me to go to Back to the Future? I can do mine. Okay. Go ahead, Jesse. Sports Rewind. Uh, this is kind of more of a question for you guys. Um course didn't find anything august 7th 1987 but i did find something I feel you, bro. on the third and the ninth it's kind of the same thing it was exhibition games in the nfl preseason whatnot but they were played in london huh now there's either i believe it's two regular season games a year it's one or two that are played in london and it's real like there's no yeah. preseason hmm. they are pretty popular there like it's a, it's a way to get it more global, but as a player, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how? Which? Okay. Normally, when they have those, you have a bye week afterward. Mm-hmm. Which that's they not, should. That's not always the case. If they consider like, because they've talked about having an NFL team in London. Think about That'd the travel rough. and everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sitting so your just, team over just there. Just imagine, right? like, you're a player. The, the different thing yeah you're going to London to no but you're not going to London to visit you're going to London to play a game I mean, you're not going to have much time to, to do anything yeah how long is the plane ride like half a day like eight, least, I want to say eight like, or ten hours or yeah something. somewhere around there because my brother flew to London and I think it was something like that you know and plus depending on where you bad. leave from you know I think they had to fly to New York and then go you know oh, so right, right. Just, the total transit time mm-hmm. you know a Los Angeles team leaving they got to fly across the country six hours. After they get then a team. fly over there. Yeah. I was just kind of <laughs> wondering, do y'all think it, that's worth it? 
no. in terms of will it, will it ever beat... It's never going to beat soccer there. Oh, never. You think they should... Because there's been, there's been NFL players that didn't like it. Wish they didn't have it. So what do y'all think of that? I think it's uh, it's wasted. I mean, if if it is popular over there, then they'd have a football team. If they it, had, if they it's used popular to have a for football have league a f- over there, and it failed. So you kind of wonder. I mean, wh- why? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's just... I wouldn't call it like necessarily failed. It was called the World League. I used to watch a lot of Barcelona Dragons were the name of a team. It might still be going on, but it's not even close to NFL. NFL a billion-dollar business yeah. every year. Well, it's, it's one of those things, too, to where, like, if they did have a league, it's always going to be second fiddle to the NFL. Yeah. There's never, you know, it's like, oh. It's like trying to exit fill out. It's, yeah, there's there's like never going to be a new football league here that pretty much is along the same lines. They have yeah. arena football. It's a lot different. At, it's a lot 50 yards. It's more of a run-and-gun type yeah. in terms of, you know, you can run forward. Like, <laughs> you can go in the motion, like, 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage and run up, like, towards your goal and say height, you know, and mm-hmm. not consider to be a false yeah, start. Yeah, that's weird. I think that's silly. Uh, what about the CFL? Come on. <laughs> I know one team. That's oh, really? Out of the whole <laughs> is, I think it's the Cal... I, I don't know any team. <laughs> it's Calgary Stampede. There we go. I think that's the name of one one team. The Toronto Argonauts, Lumberjacks, Lumberjacks. <laughs> See, it tells you how much we know about that. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, I think that's just silly. Like, I can understand mm-hmm. if they did like a exhibition game or something. Yeah, you know, like New Orleans mid-season or three you know. years ago, two or three years ago, they played a London game. They or or even the have Chargers. one of the bowls there or something. You know, like or like a or move from Hawaii Maybe the to the Pro Bowl yeah. one year. Yeah, yeah move it to a bad idea. Yeah, I mean so. that that's fine. Yeah. But the fact that for no reason you're just playing a regular pre uh, regular season game, oh, you said preseason or regular no, season? no regular season yeah now. that's ridiculous that's it's usually stupid. in the right in the middle of the season and the teams have a bye afterward but still that's what's your concern though no I'm just asking y'all if you think that's a good idea if you think it's gonna be uh, profitable is that what you're asking yeah uh, yeah do you think it's gonna actually take some people away in Europe going eh, I really prefer American football. Nobody says that because then he gets his ass kicked by all of his buddies. Sports people, you know. I mean, soccer. I mean, we're the only country that doesn't like bleed soccer. Yeah. Like pretty much, because we have a lot of running. Which, you know, I mean, soccer is almost alien to us. Basically, I mean, when the World Cup comes around, I like watching it because I don't know it. You know, but again, of course, you sit there. You know, as a fan, go after three hours. You know, yeah, but I mean, it's I like watching it, but I don't understand it. Yeah, as a fan. I wouldn't mind, like, you know, that doesn't bother me. Yeah, me but as a player, I would not want to do that in the yeah. slightest. Yeah, but that's I'm not a player, so my just watching. Yeah, sure, whatever. But um, to it's me, it's almost like modern not, day globalization. Yeah. The U.S. just can't you know stop from trying to take over a country, so <laughs> they just go and invade Iraq and then try to play football in London. You know, that's all that is. I can't see your face on a podcast. I wasn't serious, or <laughs> I was <know>. I? <laughs> It's all a conspiracy on 80s Revisited. There's a lot of players yeah. that are aggravated because they have Thursday games now. And let's say they play a Sunday game the week before, and then they have a Thursday game, a five-day mm. stretch, they <laughs> four-day stretch. I mean, so. there's well, a, a lot of people would love to see a longer football season, which yeah. I'm fine with that because, yeah. I mean, you know, 
you got football for what five months out of the year people and then... want to see a longer football shorter baseball and shorter nba exactly <laughs> i mean well why not have a mid-season break in football they do it on walking dead and everything else you know or just like split the teams like you know have half as many games have every, like a month every, break every, every two weeks yeah exactly mm-hmm. like you have a mid-season break finish up some of your trades or anything injuries you know, can exactly get and then you, not you know, a bad idea huh? do that uh you, you know, know people people aren't gonna be like well fuck it it's been a month i'm not watching that anymore. ain't nobody gonna do that <laughs> they can do it one bit because yeah. in the network i mean in, you know all the, the coverage about it i mean you, you're still gonna have plenty of shit going on but i mean you when, know you look at football today as it was yeah. when we were kids it's a lot different like with the intensity of it i think with yeah. uh the new rules and all that yeah. but it's when tim tebow gets released and it is the first story of sports center it tells you how popular football is. That's a bunch Tim of bullshit, Tebow. too. Yeah. Go, Tebow. You have my support. <laughs> we should we should take him and turn him into a... Uh... Okay. Uh, we're looking at... Jesse pulled up Tim Tebow. Um, says Tim Tebow reportedly attracted interest as a tight end. That's the position he used to play. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> like we, we should draft him as a tight end. Like huh. He would be, a to me, a very good tight end. I mean, that's just bullshit. He didn't play a single game for the Jets, did he? At all, he didn't even take. He the got field. in some games, but yeah. like, he got into packages. Thanks. The other thing, oh, we're gonna have about six plays for you. Yeah, I mean nothing. Yeah, because yeah, I don't. Even, I'm, every time I saw a Jets game, I saw a highlight of it. I never saw Tebow, and I never heard yeah, anything about him. I mean, he took he took Denver to the playoffs and won a playoff game, and then they do that. And Sanchez had a terrible season. Yeah, but and they then put. That's just a bunch of bull- why? Why? I don't they're know. saying, which, in some games is Denver's D and the kicking game that, the playoff game was definitely Tebow. He threw yeah. for almost 300 yards, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Did you ever see this uh, set up at uh, Dick's Sporting Goods? No. Of, uh, the Jets. Oh, <laughs> They're all standing in <laughs> and formation. Tebow's on the bench. And they made a custom bench just for the Tebow <laughs> jersey. Uh, that's <laughs> sad. <laughs> but anyway, that is... He needs to do something. Like, I think he's... Mm-hmm. A, like, I'm, a, I'm a big Tebow fan. What brings us to the end of <laughs> Sports Rewind. Now we'll go back to the future from the 80s talk about something current. And today I'm going to talk about the brand new fighting game called Injustice for Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 and also Wii U. Yeah. That was my 90s advertising voice. I got it. You sounded a little bit like Brad Sherwood to me. Who the hell is that? Whose line is anyway? Oh, I don't know their last name. You have to say Brad from Whose Line. I don't know you're talking about. Did y'all check out that thing in LSU, by the way? No. Oh, bummer. What was it? Go on. Uh, oh, oh, you're coming out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, recently released uh, game for the makers of Mortal Kombat, Injustice, Gods Among Us. Uh, it's just, if you like fighting games, check it out. We recently, within our group, everybody here was actually at, we call them fight clubs. We did it with Mortal Kombat 9 to where we we actually hang out at my house and we play the game and see who's good at who and find out who's the best and tell them how much of, of an bitching. asshole they are yeah. and scream at them and get aggravated. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, If you like Mortal Kombat, it plays a very different uh, similar but different. I mean, there's no charging moves. It's all button inputs like MK. Uh, but to me, it's a definite evolution of the fighting genre. Uh, you have a clash system, which is new, which is pretty unique, uh, which allows you to wager your super meter against the other persons and get health regen and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, and it's all what, it's all like an alternate universe DC uh, heroes type thing. And the story is actually really good. Uh, the comic book that goes along with it is better than the, the end game story. But overall, it's just a really cool story. It's a lot of fun to play. Uh, if you're into fighting games and you like comic books, then this is obviously a no-brainer. Uh, I know Jesse's been playing it, and he's pretty good with 
who is that? What's that dude's name? Aquaman? Fag. <laughs> As in a bundle of sticks. Ain't nothing wrong with that. No, but Aquaman <laughs> is pretty badass in the game. Uh, you got your staples, Fag Superman, Batman, etc. Wonder Woman's in there, and you got some... It's Honestly, my only complaint was there are so many Batman people. They should almost be like Injustice, Batman and Friends. <laughs> yeah. which, which is understandable, because, I mean, what other DC character has a rogues gallery? It's true. Aside from Superman, Alex Luthor, Brainiac, Bizarro. Doomsday. Okay, that's it. Okay, well, yeah, there you go. Okay, four. <laughs> Who's Wonder Woman's enemy? You know, I don't even know. Man? Uh, man. <laughs> yeah. She's like Bambi. <laughs> man entered the forest. Yeah, but if you like fighting games, uh, I won't spend too much time on it, because it's... It should be redundant to talk about how awesome it is, but it's really good. Check it out if you like that stuff. Yeah, the storyline was good. Um, yeah, well, yeah, what were your thoughts on it? I don't know. I'm about a 7 or 8 out of 10 on the fighting. Mm-hmm. But the storyline, I really enjoyed you, did, you, did you play the last Mortal Kombat? Or? No. Okay, so this sort of like... this. I guess you played Street Fighter Four. might be the last fighting game. Yeah, I've always been more of a Street Fighter fan, more of a Dead or Alive fan. Gotcha. So, yeah, this is definitely it's different. Very from, different, yeah. Very different. But, like you said, still... A, Good game, nonetheless. Yep. So, everybody, that brings us to the end of this episode. And, you can, of course, you could always send us emails to tell us how much you either loved or hated Masters of the Universe. Or if you want to send us some Injustice combos for anybody other than Aquaman, so Jesse doesn't have any fuel to beat me mm. with anymore. Uh, 80s Revisited at gmail.com. Also on Facebook at Awesome Podcast Network. On Twitter at Awesome Podcasts. And as Jesse mentioned at the beginning of last week's highlight episode, definitely check out Sedgley Films on YouTube, I believe, is what you were talk- you were referring to for the... Uh, the Facebook page. Yeah, well, Facebook as well. Which has uh, our secret link. To watch The Pursuit of Red X. And you will see visually, not just audibly, audibly, <laughs> audibly, visually, audibly. Uh, it's not like a name, audibly. Yeah, it's a musical, so you gotta like musicals before you go. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's one of the, it's definitely a musical, like a, not, not like a Les Mis type thing where it's more of like an opera, but I mean, there's spoken dialogue. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, like Purple Rain in a sense, yeah. which is next week's movie, oh. kicking off music month with none other than the great one, the purple one, Prince, Purple Rain. So until next week, everybody, I remain Trey Harris. I remain Daniel Angel. Jesse Sidgley. How will I have the power? Bunga. <laughs> that was good. At the Awesome Podcast Network's Facebook at facebook.com slash awesomepodcastnetwork. And follow us on Twitter at Awesome Podcasts.